This week on the Push Relief Podcast, we chat about being sore still, coaching, how to get motor morons to move properly, and of course, we have to talk about the European Super League. Three, two, one. Justice for Cuthbert. Hey guys, welcome to the Pushball Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bud? That has definitely been the story of the week. Not the not the <laughs> European Super League. Not that. No, 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 no. Not Line of Duty, apparently, which I've not watched yet. I'm waiting. Don't I've no not one talk it about either. it. I Good, need to watch it God. as well. Like, because yeah, what so I did, I've... right? My my what I'm doing is I'm waiting till all the episodes are done, then binge watch it. I don't I can't <laughs> I think... deal with this week to week waiting shit. No. <laughs> I want to find out now, so I want to wait yeah. till it's all done. Yeah, I, I keep it. seeing memes of it as well, and I'm like, I don't really understand this. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but the cuffer thing, Jesus, who thought that would go off the chain? Part of me, the cynical part of me, thinks they, they're all in on it, the supermarkets, and it's just a nice media campaign to get people talking about supermarkets and getting them in and all this kind of stuff. The cynical person. But then I'm like, what, really? Doesn't, have you seen all these? Have you seen their most recent post? No. <laughs> oh, so today, Tom. They, I think it was today. Yeah, I'm sure it was today. They posted saying that there's a because they stopped selling it in February. They call it the, yeah. the Cuthbert. They stopped selling it in February. Cuthbert, the Caterpillar. They've, yeah. they've brought it back. They brought it back for a limited edition run, right? And they said that they're going to donate all the profits to charity. And they've said to Marks and Spencers on a social media post, like, "Hey, look, come on." Like we're bringing him back for limited edition. Like let's bygones be bygones. Let's let's make some money for some charities. And MS can't be like, well, what they're going to do? They can't. They make. They can look bad if they go no. Like no, we we're still going to take it to court. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, they proper proper stitched them it's up. It's insane. Just just for perspective, like so apparently. So I've got this up here, Daniel, as uh, as always. So I've oh, done yeah. my research. So in research. Asda, you have Clyde the caterpillar. Um, in MS, you also have a Connie. In Co-op, you have Charlie. Audi is Cuthbert. Tesco, there is Curly. Morris Morrison's have Morris. Cecil is Waitrose. And you have Colin, another one from MS. Carl, homemade one. Uh, you have Creepy Colin. You have Wiggles from Sainsbury's, and a Christmas Colin. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven others from different supermarkets, all of a similar. But it's because they know Audi take the piss. It's because Audi <laughs> take the piss and everything, don't they? Audi yeah. take the piss and everything. It's like not Red Bull, is it? It's Blue Cow. You know, it's, like, it's just that whole thing. But basically, it's so funny. Yeah, I love Audi. I, I obviously, uh, my my girlfriend's not from this country, and I took her to an Audi when we were up in the uh, Lake District, uh, just as an experience, and she was like. What is this? This like this place has all the stuff, but it doesn't have the stuff. <laughs> it's just yeah. like I I know this brand, but I don't know this brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Basically, awesome. on the on the tweet they put, they put, "Hey, Marks and Spencers, can Colin and Cuthbert be besties? We're bringing back a limited edition Cuthbert and want to donate profits to cancer charities, including your partners, Macmillan Cancer and ours, Teenage Cancer. Let's raise money for charity, not lawyers." That's what they said. That's what they thought. Brilliant that. That's amazing. That is brilliant. Yeah. I have enjoyed all of the uh, the socials um a lot by uh Yeah. I'm quite surprised that um I'm quite surprised that Innocent I'm going on it. Innocent usually love it. Yeah. Absolutely smashing it. 
crushed it. Whoever whoever's in charge of the Audi social media accounts, uh, yeah, they've done Fair well. Play. They've they've earned yeah. a bonus this year. Uh, they're going to get well t- at least two or three coffers um, in their little Christmas stocking at the end of the year. Lovely. All right, mate. Um, yeah. So me and Dan are sore. Newsflash. Week <laughs> week two of the gym. I trained earlier. I we're recording this at like nine pm because we're just grinding all day. Um, but yeah, I'm six hours and I've got doms. Yeah, well, mine's so I, I think it's a little bit of an increase in volume and also the weight's a little bit this week. So it's just like, oof, yeah, it hits you. Hits yeah, you I did the does. same. I did the, uh, I had the old increased volume trick and I had one more set on Neil on at least six exercises. And then, uh, I, I have the choice of increasing my load. And I did on a couple of things on the main exercises. Anyway, a one and B one, I increased it by a staggering two kilos. Um, but yeah, on those, uh, goblet squats, I'm doing goblet squats. How insane is that? Oh, I've done my, my program as well. Three sets of six. Yeah. I did. I was at that yesterday. That's probably one of my groins are because nice. I got a pause <laughs> at the bottom as well. I got yeah. Pause I, at the just, bottom. I got like three sets of eights or tens or something. Like that. I think it was the first first week was like two sets of eights because it's like a get into it week. Find out what you're doing. I only have two sets of everything, and then everything goes to three sets on the next next week. And then I think yeah. I increase reps on the week after. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, it's just like all right. Well, I can only really use the ones from I don't know I think I'm at 48 and 50 kilo goblet squats and then it just gets annoying you can't go above that no, that's the head that's it dumbbell in the gym no. I think I did what did I do 45s for sixes three sixes 45 mm-hmm. with the pause people I, I swear yeah. people always look at me weirdly as well it's like why are you goblet squatting that heavy like, yeah because I can't that's not, why <laughs> it's like why don't you just back squat I don't want to because this yeah. is way nicer oh, um, <laughs> you realise like I also had to bring one of those, I think the 48 over to the other side, like so I had to walk it. And one of yeah. the uh, people don't do these. Um, I'd love people to do these more is a goblet carry with a fucking heavy um, yeah. dumbbell. And I was taxed <laughs> from walking like 20, 30 yards with that. I was you like, know what? I've just oh, realized no. that's probably what my upper back saw about. I've got sore <laughs> to my upper back. Yeah, That's probably what it probably. is. Most oh. likely, yeah. Goblet carries and, uh, are pretty tough because usually what the limiting factor is it isn't your legs; it's like your fucking torso and your ability to stay upright and locked in. It's just like yeah. it just goes. Goblet, goblet holds. Love them, love them. All right, um, yeah. So we're both sore. Wonderful update for you guys, um, but we're enjoying training, which is a rarity. So I know I'm loving it. I just yeah. I said to um, I saw Justin today actually in the gym and. As people, uh, that's the other thing. People think that the amount of messages I've had, people are like, "Oh, how's CrossFit going?" It's like brilliant. What? Because I'm not because I'm not just lifting weights on machines or with dumbbells or barbells anymore, and I'm actually doing something that causes me to sweat. Uh, <laughs> I must be doing CrossFit. I just find it quite funny that again, it's that whole thing of like, there's no name for it though. Like like we talked about, there's not a. It's that's what people know it as. It's it's just they don't know anything else. So I kind of I understand it a little bit, but yeah, it's um, and it, it's sort of got starting to get easier as weird as that sounds like i'm able to now do more things when i'm out of breath i'm, I'm i can do things yeah. like my capacity is improving and it doesn't feel like such a weird thing doing three exercises in a row anymore it's like okay i can just do this now this is fine um yeah and every now and again when you when you have that you just have to go come on down like just 
Yeah. Because I have to do that. Like, I'll be like, fuck, I've still got one more set, one more round. I'm like, come on, you know, I know you can do it. Like, the weight's not crazy, crazy heavy. That's purposeful. It's meant to be back to back. It's meant to tax your engine more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just that thing of like, to, like, I remember I did the ski, I did the one I posted as a reel. I did, so I did ski erg step ups, press ups. It's like the the thing you just go through it. Basically, you have to do five, four rounds before a uh, ski before and after, during everything. And I remember last time doing it after I'd finished like the three of them, having to take like a proper breather and a bit of a drink and be like, "Fuck me!" And then have to go again. This time it was more a case of I stopped to have a little sip of my drink. And I was like, "Right, I can go. I can go. I can do this." And it's just weird how quickly your body adapts. Like I've done, what have I done now? Two weeks. This is my third week of it. I've done two longer distance sort of like cardio things. I did one run 30 minutes, did 50 minutes on the bike on Saturday, which was done in different intervals and st- stages. Um, it's just weird how quickly your body gets used to that and how quickly you adapt to the aerobic side of things. Um, and also the strength of like, I feel stronger obviously as well. Um, but I think that's more of a muscle memory thing. Cause I've, I have been able to lift those, those things before. Whereas aerobically, I've not done anything for fucking ages, but it's mad how quick you can build up that base. And I know it's going to get harder. I know that you just don't have to meet the threshold. You know, you just have to mm-hmm. climb and follow your lactate threshold. Just keep chase, keep chasing it. But, um, but no, it's been really enjoyable. And like you said, it's just nice going in having a plan, knowing what you're doing, knowing that you're just going to, you're going to come out of it and you're going to feel good. And it just makes you feel good. I found that's the thing I found from it is that the, the way I'm training, getting a bit out of breath and all that sort of stuff. It's, I feel like good. that as well as since not since switching, but doing a lot more of it. It's just like, yeah, the endorphins and all that business. And you're like, shit, yeah. I, I realized the sweat effect. You know, you don't have to sweat to, but it's just like, all right, well, at some point, maybe to build up your capacity, you might sweat. Like, way go and it's been so hot um it's been so enjoyable and i i totally uh, underestimated how high it was yesterday and went outside at about one o'clock in jeans and a full like winter lululemon jacket on i was boiling <laughs> yeah, i was like i did the I'm, same I'm, I was like, I'm late, so I can't turn back and put it back. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going wrong. I did the same. I left like I left the, the, to take Isabel to school yesterday, and I left, and I was like, I'll tell you what, I wear my shorts because I go to the gym straight after. I wear my shorts, yeah. but I wear my fleece and then a coat. I was like, and I'll be fine. It was like it was like one degree, one degree in the morning. Came out the gym at like eleven, and it was fourteen degrees, sunny, and I came out <laughs> yeah. it was a bit hot, and I was just like, oh my god, I was like, this is awful. Yeah, I didn't like it didn't like yeah, it but like it you said bit... it's not um it's with that as well though with the the whole like not sweating thing it's not the sweating it's the getting out of breath and it's the taxing yeah, yeah, your body like... sweat's a byproduct of it um yeah. it's, it's it's the taxing your body which i think is quite cool all right um so throughout this episode we're gonna we'll, let's touch on the fitnessy based stuff and then we can let the people who are not interested in football at the end because we'll just rant about that. Again, we have to talk about the European Super League and what's fucking happening. It's insane. As both myself and Dan um, have a working knowledge of the American sports system. I'm a big NFL fan. Dan is a big NBA fan. So we understand the premise. And But we're also working in football, support football teams. Um, I'm passionate about that. So we might have a bit of a view. Never know. Um, as Hey there, sports fan. But we'll do it at the end, mate, because I've realised that there may be some people who will just be like, 
I wish they'd get through this bit. Uh, they can just chop off. I'm I interested. Probably I'll do that every week, st- anyway. <laughs> I'll look at the stats of basically. I reckon there's a massive drop off straight after we finish eating protein bars, and then people just don't listen. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, but yeah, we'll talk about. We vaguely talk about. I had a few uh, messages, um, and I pointed some people in a general direction, um, and unfortunately. This would be a case and we would teach this on the PT core course, um, but obviously we haven't launched it yet. And it's uh, basically as you come through your personal training qualification. And one of the things that I think people start to get more savvy with is obviously their business, their Instagram, their programming. You can find a lot of stuff on, but coaching skills, actual physical coaching, being able to coach the general public is massive and we'll i guess from mine and dan's perspective like we've done that with pro footballers through to general pop right so we we understand the premise of coaching it's something i talk uh i have a seminar on it in third space people all everybody within third space have to sit um one of my coaching external internal queuing uh workshops um so it's basically getting motor morons to move how you want them to is the aim of the game um, yeah, well, I guess we should briefly talk about that because it seems like something that is, I will, I teach the fucking level three. It is not covered whatsoever. It does not prepare you to talk to human beings, um, and get them to do what you want them to do at all. Um, but luckily enough, when you do the, the PT call, we have a, a lovely little system. So, which cleverly fits into the acronym PTC. So it's oh, really easy convenient. to run. How convenient was that? I mean... You definitely spent Luca. a day thinking Me about and Luca. It. Oh, yeah, that was a whole day. We went for coffee, then lunch, and then back for coffee. And then we're just all we had on the board was just PTC, and then just me and Luke just stroking our beards for hours. <laughs> <laughs> How can we fit this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but so it's it. Yeah, we got that coming. And obviously, I talk about external internal queuing and all that kind of stuff. So, which is normal queuing and Professor What's Her Face that like does some other crap on external queuing but yeah and teach backs and coach backs and all this crap because i think it's also a good thing that i teach a lot and we get taught about a bit the only things you ever get taught about are like audible uh like visual learner or this learner and you're like there's actually three stages above those in terms of thresholds for learning capacity um so those are probably the worst ways to teach somebody just an fyi um lovely and we talk we've got to do a protein bar review mate let's do that before we get into that european football protein bar review daniel you have some tasty treats i am gonna go for another nikki's fit kitchen because she has an updated version of the biscoff i believe um and dan decided to buy himself protein bars and not me even though it was my round <laughs> Needs a protein bars in my life. No, the one I've got is M- uh, peanut M and M's. Peanut M and M's, high protein. Fifteen grams of protein, not quite full amount. Not quite the full amount, is it? What one did I do last week? <laughs> I I've got a feeling I did know, this one. Notice how week. busy I was. Uh, yeah, so you have to listen to the show. I haven't put it on uh, Instagram. <laughs> You did that one last week. I feel like I did this one. I feel like you I did this one last no, week. No, we we both had um, from protein. Oh no, we had the lemon dreamy ones, didn't we? Yeah, you did. You you had a bit of a hissy fit about the lemon. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. So you are eating that guy. It's 15 grams of protein. Don't know the other macros. I've got this Biscoff number, I believe. Dan said it's the Biscoff. I actually haven't got the, the packaging that Nikki sent it to me in, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, so we're gonna be, it's going to be interesting. I guess we're just both going to bite in, mate. You can talk about what's happening. Very good, this one. So they've sacrificed five grams of protein to basically fit in mini M&Ms. So it's, just, it's got M&Ms in it. And it's very good. It tastes like peanut M&Ms. Funnily enough. And it's got... I mean, I read the calories on it for you guys. Um, oh, shit. I've ripped it right through. 209. But... That is one of the better protein bars out there, I would say. Like, the, the, of these versions, you know, like these ones. It's no protein <laughs> pantry. Like, it's not, let's not, let's not be silly. But, it's edible. I'd buy more of them. It's edible. <laughs> but I say that because I've had the Snickers peanut butter one, and it's not as great, as good as you'd think it would be. Mm. Well, that one as well but that's very Did good have, that have they improved since because obviously the company that makes all of them is mars right and mm. i remember the 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 rush when mars released their protein bar and when snickers released their protein bar and i always thought they were bang average no they were good they were good they're good okay on the, the good side of average <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think what i would give that as a score have they gotten better because that was obviously about four or five years ago yeah they have got better i think but i think this one is um i think if you know if we're saying protein pantries are are, you know the sort of the nine ten region this is seven and a half do you know Mm -hmm. it's pretty good it's pretty good so Um, i had uh i had my biscuit on a par with a carb killer i would say i had my biscoff little cake and i've got a funny feeling that i've left this too long to eat (laughs) <laughs> it has been a long time to be fair i think it has been like maybe a month i'm not gonna lie sorry nikki this is not gonna be a very good review uh i think the use by date or sell by date or eat by date is about two weeks maybe um yeah, yeah the crazy pantry ones are forgot about it they're normally about that and it is quite chewy um so please let me know <laughs> if that's not it <laughs> i'm pretty sure <laughs> So I can get the Biscoff taste of it, and I'm pretty sure eat it within the cell by day. Um, <laughs> that would help. Would, would be my advice. I can t- taste it. It tastes good, but it gets incredibly chewy at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, have I gone back in time? Have I just put a quest bar in my mouth? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've got to do that podcast, man. That's um, how you know, because the last one wasn't. That's how you know it's uh, it's definitely out of date. Yeah, it's definitely out of date, because I ate, uh, just as a disclaimer, I did eat the, uh, what was it, the birthday cakey one that she made, and um, that was definitely not chewy, and that was gorgeous. So mm. I'm going to go, if, if I was going to rate the birthday cakey one that she did, Nikki's Fit Kitchen. They, that was like an eight, eight point five out of ten. Love that. Still, protein pantry birthday cake is out there on its own. I've got to say, that's, it that's still is thing. that cake bit in it, man. I just don't get it. Yeah. Like someone insane. texted me the other day. One of my clients texted me and he said, "Oh, um, protein pantries restock went on there. 
no birthday cake, no um, bake or tart. So I was like, well, it's not a restock, is it? Don't talk to me. <laughs> they were also I almost sent you the advert as well because they're hiring. They're hiring. <laughs> they since we started talking about them, they've they've got their sales. They're hiring, though, yeah. <laughs> so I tell you what, I hope that means that they can have more options more um, frequently. Yeah, but I hope so. Hope that they need it. They need a baker. Yeah, another baker. <laughs> so yeah, we'll do it. Fuck it. What's Laura doing? Oh, what's Isabel doing? She doesn't need to go to school. Yeah, screw it. She can do that instead. <laughs> happily, happily I wouldn't. I, I, I was about. I, I said Laura, but then I was like kitchen-based task. No, you can't put her in the kitchen, mate. Yeah, you can't do that. Can Recipe you? for disaster. Literally. Um, yeah, I would go with uh, Isabel every day. All right, mate. Smart. We talk about. We talk about coaching. Coaching. I'm gonna put it here. Motor morons to move. MMM. Motor morons to move. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, I believe one of the lads that reached out is Warren, who I think listens to the show. I'm not too sure. I know he qualified through us, the PTC. Um, let's see if we got... There you go. Boom. Yeah, I gave him some recommendations. I just read him a little bit. I'm sure he won't mind me, uh, me blowing this. Um, it was just the... Qualified, blah, blah, blah. Um, quickly concentrated a lot on the business and programming aspects as opposed to maybe the fundamentals of teaching people how to actually perform movements uh, from scratch. Um, any advice and direction would be incredible. <clears throat> Lovely. Yeah, so I think the issue here is... Um, is there is there a set way that you go about teaching people? Is there like a pr- process that you use to do, Daniel, or in terms of guidance or not? Not really. I think it's um, again just as any coaching, it's it's kind of individual based on how that person would would learn and I suppose take things in. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by being told. Some people learn by reading. Um, so it's it's kind of kind of hard really to, to guide someone through it. You kind of have to let them do it at their own pace a little bit. But um, yeah. obviously I've never been in front of a PT and taught the movements and stuff like that really, not for a long time. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. So there's, there's like this, there's obviously the axis of learning for what we say motor morons and general people. You'll notice when teachers make people, it's either teach backs um, and teaching when within a group, you get the, maybe the strongest person to teach the weakest person and basically use mm. that. Them, so they self teach themselves, which um, when we, we get it, if you repetition, 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 we start to teach back something and then we start to understand it better. Um, you know, we're questioned over it because we teach it back all the time. So one of the things is, is obviously we show them what's happening. We would ask them if they understand, um, They'd ask for any minutiae that they weren't sure of. And then it's ask them to demonstrate what they think. Um, so their in, informed coaching back to you um, is how I would start to go about that in terms of instruction. So I'd be like this, this, this. So to summarize in terms of how I set up to coach somebody, I would get them in. Literally, we drill this in so much with the PTC, right? It's get them in the most optimal position to succeed. Like if you set them up in an exercise, 
get them in the fucking position they're meant to start from and don't fuck about. Literally put them there. I realize it's COVID, but as long as you've got their consent, like, bosh, I'd be like, boom, boom, boom. I want this here, this here, this here, this here. That's your starting position. And most exercises, that is your ending position. I'm assuming like you, there's, there's very few exercises. You just go from one position and then you stay there. Right. Um, and then roll away to get back into the first position again. So it's normally, you've got like two bits nailed already, right? That's your optimal starting and optimal ending position. Then you just got to fill in the gap, like the big fucking do the exercise. So it's normally a breakdown. And like you'd said it last week, I think last week, the week before, it's like when you were talking about overcoaching, right. And you were getting annoyed by John Reeson. Um, it was like, give them, basically the most succinct coaching points, like three tops. Mm -hmm. They're learning a brand new exercise, three. See if they know anything that resembles it. So it's always like a question like, have you ever done this before? Blah, blah, blah. No, all right, well, we're going to go through it quickly. And then use the fucking environment. I get so pissed off when coaches don't use their environment, the gym, equipment, stuff that's around them to their advantage like seats, poles, walls, that kind of thing. Lines on the floor, huge. Jesus Christ, if it's got mm -hmm. tiling, game changer. Suddenly your feet should never be misaligned. Like literally look down, use that line. No matter what, some of my clients will always fuck up their beast down squat. Even though I, every single time I demonstrate, I put one foot in front of one line and one foot directly behind that same line. And I'm like... I use the line when I do this myself. Can you do that for me? And they'll be like, just set up in the middle of a fucking square, all skew with. And I'm like, am I talking yeah. to myself? <laughs> I'm like, use the line. I don't need to use the line. Yes, you do. Like, <laughs> yes, you do, please. So I think that's big. I think environmental factors are huge. And then after they've done a few reps, check for kind of information, check for knowledge, that kind of thing. What were you doing with your knee? Pushing it out. Perfect. Awesome. Right. I want that. It's reinforcement. What did I say about your chest? Oh, shit. Yeah, it's meant to be up. Perfect. That was what I would get. Um, so it would be get them in the most optimal position. Demonstrate, obviously. Go for it with them if they have to. Um, two to three big coaching cues when you do the movement and reinforce the coaching cue whilst you're in that movement pattern. So it'd be like, I am driving my hips backwards. Literally drive your hips backwards when you say that so they know the connection between that happening. Um, yeah, and poke shit. That would be my summary of how to get motor morons to move and repetition. But the position thing is huge. Like, and I remember uh, environment. I remember Dan did a, a session with a client before and she was getting bored with that. It's just, it's just talking about environment. More than she was getting bored with the same session that obviously we were good coaches and we'd repeat sessions over four week periods and just in, like change the variable slightly. And then uh, I remember you complaining about her and then uh, you literally went and from the corner of the gym and you took her into the studio and did the same session <laughs> and she loved it and was like, oh, that was really great. Even. All, you, <laughs> all you did is walk around the corner <laughs> and did the same session. <laughs> I creased up when you're like, what a fucking moron. Right? I didn't do anything different. We just changed the room. <laughs> sometimes, literally, that's, that's all it needs. Sometimes is like that change of, of stimulus a little bit. 
But just on that, mm. the only other thing I was going to add to that is something that I've done, had to do before is sometimes people just don't get cues or movements very well. And, yeah. and one thing you can do is get them to practice isometric holds in the end range position you want them to hold in. So you just go, right, say example, you want them to do a reverse lunge. You're just going to get them in a bottom of a split, split squat and just go, hold that for 30 seconds. And their body is going to kick in and go, oh, shit, okay, I know how to do this now. And then when they do make that step back, it's not such an alien movement to them. So people always obviously want to get people moving, but they forget that actually holding a static position can be a precursor to being able to then move into that position once you, they've, they've found the strength to hold themselves there. Because a lot of the time it's a strength issue. It's that they can't they, – yes, they can't move their body there, but their body can't hold them in that position because it doesn't know what the fuck to do. So if you put it in a position where it needs to, needs to, to stay there, um, you'll soon find that nervous system will kick in and it will teach them how to stay in that position. And then there's less things for them to worry about. They haven't got to move. They haven't got to worry about any cues. They've literally just got to stay still, which obviously yeah. is, is – easier said than done but you can progress from there to then go right so you held that split squat at the bottom now what i want you to do is to do up and down now do the up and down movement oh, okay i can do the up and down movement now okay that's easier right now i want you to stand still now i want you to lunge backwards and do it and then that's how you can progress to doing those sorts of things before you know it, they're doing a rear for elevated split squat with 20 kilos in each hand and you're laughing it's it takes a bit longer than, than it would for most people but for a lot of your clients you wouldn't have to do that first bit because they would just be like okay cool i get that that makes sense yeah um and yeah i think like we, we spoke about it just before we came on and was like people like i still get painted the brush with like functional coach why do you spend so much doing your warm-up tom I'm like guess what so i don't have these issues when i'm coaching people under load that's why like because I spend so much, and Dan literally said it before, and he was like, Anna's at the start of the session, so you've got the most attention of them. Yeah, they're fucking, they might be bored out of their brain 40 minutes in, or like knackered, and be like, oh, I'm just thinking about, probably thinking about the meeting they're about to go to, or like, I've got this next. Guess what, at the start of the session, they might listen to me f- properly for the first 25 minutes. Um, and that's probably where I'm going to get the most bang for buck and benefit. And I think that's big on movement, movement cue, like, and suddenly I've spent like, see my warm-up so I, I think i totaled up it's somewhere but sometimes somewhere between 50 to 70 lunges or possibly somewhere around that yeah. body weight style guess what they're not gonna have any issues doing any kind of split stance split lunges all that kind of movement because it's just it's just ingrained into them like body weight wise so much in their warm-ups the kind of coaching issue under load doesn't happen because i'm like remember that yeah, I just want you to hold this weight in a particular way. That's it. And do that movement. Because um, all those movements that we've, we've rehearsed so much mm-hmm. um, in, in that coaching bit. And I always think that that, that warm-up is where the coach coaches. Like, you don't have load, really. You, you've got like the intensity. You've got the person's attention. And that's where I think you earn your money as your movement coach. Not a movement coach. Realize people are like, oh, personal trainer. I'm like, oh, yeah, but you want to coach movement. Essentially, you're asking people to prescribe like exercise to people. You're coaching movement, and it's your authority to do it well. Um, mm. Guess what? And not everybody needs to pronate bench press and do some shitty shoulder press. Guess what? It's insane. Like you can get them moving about and being athletes. Um, so yeah, I'd rather they do that. But I think um, just for people going towards, if they want coaching science kind of thing and learning people how to do stuff, um, I think one of the one of the best books is probably Brett, for Brett Bartholomew's Coaching Science. Um, I believe 
he is a good lad. Good beard. Good beard. Um, I would push push somebody towards them. Um, and then you've got like coaching fundamental like patterns like Nicole Rodriguez. I think Kevin Carr does an amazing job with like, his queuing. So obviously fanboying. One of my friends, I can say that. So, um, yeah, I would go towards those. Anything like uh, for what's his face to Stegen, the guy who set up Exos. I think the Exos coaching methods, Mark. like just their queuing, Mark Stegen, all their stuff. That's what they do. They're really good coaches, um, and they 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 get their people to do stuff really well. Um, yeah, keep it simple, stupid. So yeah, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's that's the way to go. And then it relays, all of that coaching stuff relays into small group coaching. And if you're able to do that well, then you're kicking with gas, I think, as you come out of lockdown, be able to get new clients. Focus on your movements. Get those fundamental, like, seven, eight done, and then you're, you're gold. Um, should be fine. Mm-hmm. All right, mate. Is that enough, that enough normal normal talk? We've got to talk about the so. uh, yeah, European... Super League, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, I think it, it, it's just born about obviously through through money, right? That's where the whole things come from. It's 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 just money driv- driving the game and the owners of these clubs, basically. I think uh, I think I read something today where basically the crux of it is the owners of these football clubs in England are realizing they make no money. They're basically pumping all this money into the clubs and all this sort of stuff, and they're making no money. And I think when you look at the American system and how the Americans do their sport, where there's drafts and trades, and there's not a lot of money exchanged hands. Yeah, you spend a lot on salary, but you don't actually pay any money for people when you want them transferred. You just swap them around and all this sort of stuff. I don't think it's ever going to get to that point with the the whole football thing. It's never going to get to that point. But there is the, the concept there of, they they just want the best people. They just want the best of the best and they want to showcase it around the world and charge billions of pounds to people like Amazon, Facebook, YouTube to play their games. Like the 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 one thing it has brought about is the whole concept of how football is broadcast is going to change. I don't care what anyone says, like Sky soon are done. They're done. Like because Sky, yes, offer all this money to them. All it's going to take next season is Amazon, or next time it comes up, Amazon will offer double, triple what Sky offering, and they'll say, yeah, but we want every single game to be available live streamed on our website any time of day so that the three o'clocks can be played on Amazon. And eventually, it's just going to go that way, where the clubs are going to go. And the reason I think the whole reason at the moment they don't like the three o'clocks played on TV is because no one ever goes to the games. I assume that's what it is. Yeah. But the amount of games that top games are moved for TV anyway, what's the, doesn't fucking matter. So Amazon will turn around and go, yeah, but okay, well, we'll double the revenue we give you. So it doesn't matter if fans don't come anymore because we'll pay you the money. We'll pay you that money. And Amazon will just have the monopoly on it or YouTube or whoever it is. We'll, we'll have that. And that's what it boils down to. This is boiling down to money, money talks. And, and I, I hear all the protests. I get all the protests and that sort of stuff. But, these are also the fans that want success for their clubs and they, they want their owners to spend millions of pounds on players, but they don't want them to then go and get millions of pounds from people that can give it to them to, to have a better sort of product, I suppose, which I find quite ironic um, that the fans are the ones that are in uproar, but yet they're the ones that demand more money spent on these clubs and they, don't, they have no understanding of how these things run in any way, shape or form. 
that's just from purely from the commercial side of things. From a footballing standpoint, it is stupid. Obviously, as that's what everyone else has said, right? The whole yeah. like, there's no relegation, there's no promotion, there's no incentive at all. But the thing that I find odd is that I saw Pep Guardiola came out and said something today about how if there's no competition, if there's no effort, or there's no reward for the effort, there's no sport, and there's no relegation, all this sort of stuff. And I was like, yeah, but there's no relegation in the NBA or the NFL, but it's still fucking competitive. Like, it's it's not. It's not like is 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 that do you know what I mean? Like yeah, after the after the regular season, it gets a little bit shit. Like do you know, like once people know where they're at in the postseason, they're kind of like I think and they know they can't get into it. They suck it off. But for that though, that's the only the only thing it was it was built like that. So yeah. it was it, obviously the the NFL used to be so that's why you have two divisions, right? Because it used to be the like the NFL and the AFL, so the American Football League and the National Football League, and then they merged to create what would be the National Football League, like the whole thing. Um, and that's how they got the AFC and the NFC, the two conferences. But there was never a case of like you could get dropped down. It was never a thing. So, But then over there, you can obviously buy a franchise. You can make a franchise. Like David Beckham's got a franchise, like into Miami, whatever it is. Um, so you can create one just out of thin air, it seems. But but you also it's it's almost like all right, I'm going to buy a Starbucks franchise. I'm going to make money. It's essentially what they're doing. Uh, I've just decided to have a football team. Uh, that's what could, it could happen over here. They've obviously talked about the NFL to come to London for a long time, and they're always projected by like 2030, 2040 that we would have a team over here, which would be great. I'd love that. Um, but I can understand it. Yeah, from the money point of view, I get it. Like they want to make more money. They want to have basically they're the clubs that bring the most money in. They're the clubs that like the most money is spent on. So they think they should have a decision of where it goes, um, which I, I totally get. Like if I was like, oh yeah, I'm the top talent in the BBC or whatever. Like, everybody watches me. Look at Top Gear. Everybody fucking watched them and then they walked, didn't they? And they're like, oh, everybody's going to watch them over there now. So I just go down some, like, cause they could pay them a lot more at the end of the day. And I was just like, all right, good. Um, can see that from a footballing standpoint as a as a loyal south end united fan i'm never going to be in the champions league i mean yeah i think that's the thing is, is, it. is the up the uproar is again it comes from you know what teams does it come from you know like from from that point of view and it's the teams that are maybe annoyed they didn't get selected mm. to go do you, do you know what i mean like i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I just find it a bit like, again, as a Reading fan, it's never going to bother me. It's never going to bother me. <laughs> um, no, like, I, I, I don't understand the divine right for uh, Tottenham and Arsenal together. I realise Arsenal were obviously a force when we we were growing up. Obviously, I love watching them. Um, but <laughs> not once they were like, hang on, you're 11th. Uh, it's not okay. based on that, though, is it? It's, it's to do yeah. with, it's going to do with fan base, stadium it's size. Fan base, you know, and then, yeah, the top, is it the top amount of revenue? Per club, like the top ten, all six yeah, and the fact the top that ten. Arsenal's chairman is American, or one of them, uh, Stan Kroenke, who also, yeah, no, Stan Kroenke is American. Yeah, he's the majority, and he uh, he also owns, I believe, the Denver Nuggets and the uh, LA yeah. Rams. So Thank yeah, <laughs> he might own another Denver team as well. I think so. Yeah, he knows the model pretty well. <laughs> So, um, yeah, they want to do that, basically, which I don't understand as well of them being... I, I actually don't know how they would play that. I'm, I'm unsure on what the game thing was going to be. 
Like, were they, they're going to play midweek games, but are they going to play every week midweek? Yeah. I think it was going to be like the Champions, basically the Champions League, going to replace Champions League, wasn't it? Yeah, but but they already reform. They were reforming the Champions League anyway, so I didn't really understand what was going to happen because that that was going to be split into two leagues, and then like the winners of each league or playoffs, and that goes forward just to make sure that more big teams play each other because that was going to be a reform. Um, that was going through yeah. and then there's another thing going through I can't like it's, it, what would happen it would kill those teams even participating because there's obviously a lot of talk about the Carabao Cup being discontinued anyway um, and that's sad for obviously the smaller football teams who they maybe live off an FA Cup like gate receipt like that's the beauty of some of the Carabao and the, the FA Cup things you, you draw Man United away suddenly that's a huge payday for for a small team, it's mm. like all right, well, we're going to earn a million pounds from that one gate receipt, like because they're split fifty fifty, aren't they? In in cut matches, so yeah, that would be sad. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that, that started to dwindle a bit though, because obviously that was always on TV. Do you know what I mean? You would just wonder if all these numbers are starting to dwindle a bit, so they're actually a bit like screw mm. it. It's not much, yeah, much so, benefit. But being it was interesting when obviously COVID happened, a lot of the publishment of uh, gate receipts to uh, TV money was made. And obviously the lower leagues need the gate receipts to survive. They, as their stuff isn't on TV that much, like they don't have a lot of TV money. So the gate receipts are a large portion of how they uh, operate. Whereas you'd, you'd say probably like Man U or Arsenal. Yeah, they have great massive stadiums and they're able to take a lot of gate receipts, but they're probably earning, I'd assume, about 80% of their money through TV like in other, in other yeah. ways. So commercial, um, selling shirts, yeah, etc. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, um, I understand both premises and I don't want it to happen. As we, as we speak right now, Man City and Chelsea have pulled out are pulling out of it anyway. And Edward Wood, chairman, vice of Man U, has resigned. Um, yeah. And, and one one does wonder that because of the threat of, um, yeah, you can't play anything if you do this. And like, it's going to get, like Boris fucking has like laid in, like, the, like literally, literally the governments of the like politicians are getting involved um, to make it not happen. Also coincides that Man City and Chelsea are both in the Champions League semi-finals. Not saying anything, but maybe they want to do that if they get canned. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, they don't have American owners. That's it. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. All right, we, we will leave it there to be continued. I think that uh, we'll discuss it vaguely next week. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of angry people. A lot of angry people, unfortunately. All right, mate. Any other business? For me, nope. No. Um, I've been incredibly quiet on my Instagram because fucking busy. Um, yeah, but we have the My Protein first in person examinations this weekend. So I'm sure, so My Protein will be filming it, I believe, everything. So I'm sure we'll post a lot of that stuff up if people see it. Wonderful. Good luck to all the My Protein PT schemers, people. Um, yeah. Who are wonderful. So they all they all got a they got one hundred percent. They all passed their level two exam. So they've got their level two practical exam this weekend with me and Luke. Fun times. I know, and I also wore my uh, my uh, camo hoodie, and then I put a plant next to me the whole time because I was like, 
Can't see any right. Good. But the joke worked a lot better when such I was teaching a, them. So. <laughs> such a dad joke. <laughs> such a dad joke. It was, yeah. Um, all right, mate. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you next week. See you later.